This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness Studios. It's a way of life. I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbin III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. Vic, it's good to see you again for another episode, brother. I got a quick burn. I got a quick burn. Just give me a second. Governor Abbott for the Texas, he's the Texas governor, for those who do not know, what the hell are you doing? What the hell's going on? You're making a decision to open up our economy, to disregard science and good knowledge, to open up our economy. I do get it. We do need to make, make money. We need to people, put people back in work. I do understand that. But to not do that, to do that without science, without any rationale or justification, to me, that's criminal. Next week, for those who don't, don't know, we're going to open up and ease all restrictions regarding COVID. No mask wear required and restaurants and bars will be opening next week. So it's as though we're just gonna live with COVID. We were just making headway, Governor Abbott. And now, as they say, they, we're gonna go back into possibly the fourth wave. Spring break is just around the corner. People are already gathering. Governor Abbott, to me, the decision that you're making based on political party or politics to me without science is criminal. I hope before you enact this new act that you would think again, sir, before easing the restrictions on COVID. Vic, what's your opening burn? Wow, I had no idea that that's what's happening in the state of Texas. I already saw another article that was quite alarming this week about the Texas uh, song, but without going there, to understand that we just made that, what, the milestone, a half a million Americans died within the last year, and then they hear Texas, one of the biggest states, or the biggest states in the country, say, hey, let's just wipe our hands clean, everything's back to normal, and let's go with it. So my prayers are with the citizens of Texas. Again, we spoke about it last week. My mom and dad live there. You and my auntie, my cousins live there. Uh, my other auntie, my other cousins, Jania. So I, my prayers are with the family because, again, what's the rush? We all want normalcy. But you all just recovered from a, 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 a flood by way of snow that doesn't happen in Texas. And some still don't have water yet. And so now it's time to just open up as if nothing happened. Again, I know we're not seeing them, but we're going to hit the hot topics. And right there, that's a hot topic because it hits me near and dear to my heart. So prayers, please be safe. Um, uh, hey, he can't Thank tell you, you not to put on your mask, but it, it's, that's disturbing. See, you got me hype. You got me hot on something else I wasn't even about to get hot about. <laughs> I want to get hot about, where's my parade? We're halfway <laughs> through the NBA season. We're about to start the new Major League Baseball season and my Lakers have not been able to march up and down Figueroa. The Dodgers have not been able to march around Chavez Ravine. Look, please don't forget LA is still the city of champions. If I have to have my own parade, get my own dancing bears, go ahead get the USC band and I go ahead and, and march around my house, I will do that and I will videotape it, put it on Twitter, Instagram and anything else just to say, 
LA knows how to party. So, hey, and Robbie trust, and Dave Roberts we trust, but y'all got to do something because Tom Brady and them even had a doggone parade. We have a lot of bodies of water in LA. Let's just go ahead, this, 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 go up and down <laughs> Long Beach, out <laughs> somewhere in the Pacific, find a body of water. Shoot, I will take a pool at the local community center. Just give me a little parade <laughs> and some music. So come on, LA, you got to do me something right. I love it. I love it. I'm like you, brother. I'm thirsting for a parade also. But as we know, we're just talking about COVID. And, and so COVID is huge. And their governor out there, he doesn't know which way is up. He's going back and forth. And so even though we want to parade, I want to parade. I want to celebrate with you, with the Dodger Nation, with Laker Nation. We still must be safe. So let's take our time. Let's take our time and do our due diligence. And, and, and when we do have that parade. We are going to celebrate hard. Bro, I want to talk a little bit about activism, athletes and activism. And I know you have some, some items that you want to bring to the table. Uh, and we talked about this in a couple episodes before on, on using these athletes, using their platform. Yes, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, track and field, uh, film industry, using they got famous in their particular industry but is it enough as a black man or a man of color or a woman of color is it just enough to just be an entertainer well i know you have some thoughts on that sir and i would love for you to share your thoughts on athletes and entertainers and activism i think it's important to use your platform use your platform if anyone watched the show the last dance awesome uh, documentary on Michael Jordan and the Bulls, but one of the, one of the criticisms they had about him was he did not use his voice when the black community needed it. Charles Barkley was famous saying, "I'm not a role model." So you do have that side of the, of the, of the you know pendulum. But today in 2021, it is important that athletes use their voice. There's only one percent of of of, of of athletes from the high school level through college that make it the pros. So when you have such an elite group of people, use your voice, use your resources, because one day you're going to have the uniform off and you're just a normal, normal citizen. So with great expectations come great expectations. I, I'm, I'm disturbed because I'm seeing this, this beef, unnecessary beef between Ibrahimovic and LeBron James. Ibrahimovic, uh, uh, a soccer player, is, is basically telling LeBron James to shut up and dribble. He's saying there's no place for athletes in politics. I disagree. Because if we saw what happened last year and with what the NBA was able to do with the lockout or where they, uh, they protested and it created a tidal wave across the world, are we saying that's a political move because everyone was protesting against the social unrest or against the injustice of what George Floyd experienced? Is that a political issue? But if we need change, change comes from policy. So almost everything we deal with in life is a political issue. So leave LeBron alone. He's handling his business with the platform he has, and you can look at his accolades, but let's not look at LeBron as if he's some unicorn. Let's go back in time. 
Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, John Carlos, Tommy Smith, Jim Brown, Billy Jean King, Arthur Ashe. They all promoted conversation about civil rights and injustice. But we all know about Jackie Robinson. Got it. First, uh, the first African-American to break the color barrier in Major League Baseball, going to where the Brooklyn Dodgers are Dodgers. Got it. But the story doesn't end there. The story does not end there because after he left Major League Baseball, he served as a key organizer with the NAACP. He, he, he collaborated with Dr. King on, on a number of issues. He was even a journalist and he wrote on issues such as race relations, family life and politics. He even created his own construction company called the Jackie Robinson Construction Company. Why? Because he wanted to build low and moderate income housing for minorities. And guess what? He's a political supporter. He's a staunch Republican. He supported President Nixon. So, and he also advocated black voting. He called it from the ballot to the buck. So, Ibramovich, know your history. First, know your history in America, okay? Know the, know the history of black American athletes. And within the black community, our leaders come from a variety of platforms, church leaders, athletes, entertainers. So when you have a platform, I'm expecting these young men and these young women to use that platform, that voice to influence change. Kaepernick took a, he took, he took an issue that he felt very passionate about, police brutality. Is that a political issue? I think it's more of a human rights issue that happens to turn into a political issue. We start talking about funding police or defunding police, equal protection under the law, says the 14th Amendment that we all want. So diss me with that, man. Miss me with that. Dismiss me with that. You're wrong. So I, it, this really disturbs me to see this chatter because here it is a year later, um, people are, are now starting yeah. to invert the message on what the role of the athlete is. And LeBron is doing great with what he's done. Again, check out his resume. It's just it's uncalled for. So stop the Twitter beef. I love that. Uh in addition to let him do his research, let him understand the black struggle for hundreds of years without a voice. And then you want us to shut up? Somebody said, shut up and dribble. No, that's not going to happen. No, and then on top of that, you wanna pick on LeBron. You need to know what LeBron is doing in his community. He opened up a school. You need to know this past year, how he was able to go to uh, Florida and, 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 and places of the South and try to make a difference in the voting uh, for our prisoners or people that have been uh, imprisoned. And so without him being a politician, he still is going to talk. He's still going to use his platform. We're like the Marines. The, Marine, the Marines are here to defend the weak. And I see LeBron defending and speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves or who can't defend themselves. He has money. He has resources. He knows people. So you're picking on really the wrong person and you're picking on the wrong race. Uh, you need to know where we've come from. And then if you don't know anything about us, then you really need to be quiet. But then you need to get out of the way as well, because the black train is moving. Okay, it started years ago, and now look at us now. We have a, a young lady, black young lady of uh, Asian descent, who's now sitting in the White House. What are you going to tell her? 
So the Martin Luther Kings before the Jesse Jacksons and the NAACP, even the Malcolm X's, you know, we had different views on being able to affect politics without being politicians. We had religious leaders, we had our black entertainers, whether they're in sports or movies, using their platforms to Harry Belafonte, the Sydney Portiers, to be able to do what LeBron is doing and others, the Bill Russells, you, you, you didn't mention him, but we're active and are active even now. So Abramovich, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, but you, like my, like, like my co-host said here, miss me with that. Yeah, it's very important to understand leadership. There's no criteria to be a leader other than being active, being involved, understanding. You're either gonna empower people, inspire people. So take your role seriously. To be, here's, at the end of the day, every athlete, every entertainer, they're still an American citizen. And if you're an American citizen and you have a cause or you're trying to influence change, or you're trying to be involved in your community, but your platform is so large, like a global platform like LeBron has or the Michael Jordans or even the Kobe's, then you can influence many communities. And why would you not want your community to be better? And that requires political change for someone to say, wow, what is happening over here? This voice has a megaphone. If we look at the impact of what the athletes did last summer, where now you have large companies like the Sprites of the world and the Coca-Colas are investing or the Cadillacs, and they're making purposeful investments. That's not a political move, but they're aware of the challenge. And that became, that became possible because athletes voiced an issue. Now, let the politicians do what they need to do to make the policies impactful for all communities across the country. But doggone it, if an athlete is going to use their platform to speak, that's his role. As a citizen first, athlete second. And it's about time the athletes have taken their role to say, wow, I do have a voice. And now they have that confidence in themselves that they can influence change. So be a leader. Be a leader. Be effective as a leader and get involved. My brother, we're gonna transition into the NFL because uh, I know you have a hot take. You wanna change Houston from the Texans to, I think you have about three or four names you wanna change them to because there's something going on down there in Houston, brother. So let's go into the NFL. The Houston Texans, for those who do not know, they have a high profile quarterback down there named Deshaun Watson. He wants out and he wants out of there now. He just signed a, a, a rich contract and by all appearances, he wanted to stay there, but things suddenly changed. And so we got to ask our, the, your, you, our audience, we got to ask the question, what's going on in Houston? So Vic, share with us uh, and our audience, your thoughts on the Houston Texans. It's the Houston Texans. I think they are going to be renamed very shortly. They have two names I saw being reported. Anonymous source told me. Either the Houston Toxics or the Houston Titanics. <laughs> My vote is for the Houston Titanics. Because whatever's going on, Deshaun Watson wants out. He wants off that boat because it already hit the iceberg. Someone should have said something. And I think DeAndre Hopkins said it when he said, I'm out of here. Y'all can sell me for a plate of chitlins and fried chicken. I'm going to doggone the Cardinals, and the Cardinals got him. Who would have known that there was something going on? 
shortly thereafter, they fired the coach, Bill, Bill O'Brien. So there's something there in a little bit of leadership philosophy. It's the organizational culture. The organizational mm. culture. Leaders shape an organizational culture. Again, a leader could be a good leader or a bad leader. Are you an engaged leader, disengaged leader? You're an autocratic leader or you're a transformational leader? All these leaders or laissez-faire. Each leader is going to shape the culture. And what I understand what was happening underneath the Bill O'Brien uh, administration, coupled with the owner, it was very toxic. It was, it, was, mm. it was very autocratic. So an autocratic leader is one that makes decisions but disregards the input of others, discounts the input of others, disregards other people, and really has a sense of superiority about them. And so it's a very uh, self-serving behaviors. So if they develop an organizational culture to that degree, then they're going to dismiss a lot of the signs that there's issues. And the way that I understand Bill O'Brien's leadership was, not only that, he's very disparaging. And so uh, uh, an autocratic leader can exhibit some disparaging behaviors. Uh, so could a narcissistic leader or Machiavellian or a psychopathy leader. Uh, these are types of leaders that have some type of uh, toxic uh, behaviors towards them. We call those the dark triads of leadership. So when we start looking at what he possibly developed underneath that, that organizational culture, people want out. Only last mm. week, J.J. Watt, who has 11 years in that organization, says enough is enough because I don't see the progression. If you you have a star quarterback, I'm not saying he has to be around the boardroom and making critical decisions, but typically the star of the team or the franchise player has some say in what's happening. At least consider, I like this coach, or can you look at this offensive coordinator and have some discussion. But for them to disregard, they devalued him. They devalued him as the franchise player saying what you say and what you have to say really does not matter. And so that creates a, a feeling of I'm, I don't have a sense of belonging. And many people have worked in organizations where they've sat around the boardroom and they've made comments or suggestions or recommendations only for the leader to discount them. So after a while, that's going to impact your employee morale. It's going to impact team cohesion. And now eventually you don't want to be there. It's going to increase turnover rate. It's going to impact retention. And so when we look at what he possibly is shaping or what's going on in Houston, there, there's something in the water. And, and, I, and I wrote, I, I define, uh, we talk, talk about level of arrogance. I'm not necessarily saying this is a, a, an organization that deals with organizational arrogance, which I define as a, an organizational environment whereby leaders shape an organization where uh, uh, organizational members behave with a sense of superiority that leads to one of three conditions. Overconfidence in organizational capabilities, meaning, okay, well, we've done it this way and we're going to continue doing this way despite you know, technological challenges or technological upgrades. They disregard that. Then you had dismissiveness towards internal external matters. That could be something along the lines of, well, we need this wide receiver or we need to upgrade our defensive line or we need to invest in more training. Whatever, or there's a, a threat or a competitive threat. You dismiss that. And then you have the most damaging part of organizational arrogance, which would be disparagement against 
organizational members, internal, external. And disparaging comments means belittling or mistreatment, those kind of things. So when we start looking at what type of organization is occurring down there without a deep dive, I could definitely say there's some level of arrogance. It could be a leader arrogance or if organizational members are behaving in that way, then we're looking at organizational arrogance as a whole. But definitely something down there is stinks and it's more than just the water. Okay. And so I, I don't blame Deshaun Watson. The question is, they've already made the first arrogant decision. Oh, he's not going anywhere. We're not going to trade him. They're not returning phone calls <laughs> to other teams looking to make blockbuster trades. So the question is now, how bad do you want it, Deshaun? We talked about leadership. You, you're gaining a lot of momentum here. And we looked at the James Harden incident. And now we're looking at this. Word is some of the NFL owners are, are very upset and thinking that the players are starting to get a little more control than, and power than they need to. So are you prepared to sit out for the whole year? Are you prepared to lose game checks? How far are you willing to go with this? But definitely he is showing that for other free agents who may be looking to go to Houston Titanics, this may not be the place you want to go to. Again, if you trade away J.J. Watt, they just got rid of their, the, uh, the running back, and then uh, DeAndre Hopkins a few years ago, and now the, the last piece of that, that trio of stars wants to leave, this is not a free agent destination for me. It's not a free agent destination. So I, I, I'm, yeah. I don't want anything about that. Yeah, J, J.J., actually, he wanted a release. He just wanted an outright release so he could sign with the team of his choice. So it wasn't a trade, and he signed on with the Cardinals. Not necessarily uh, uh, the best move championship-wise when it comes to best teams, but he signed on with the Cardinals. He just wanted the best fit for himself and his wife. Um, but you mentioned something going on in Houston. Is it ironic it's in Texas? What's going on in Texas? Well, we got a lot of leadership issues talking about the governor. Let's talk about Houston Astros just a few years ago got caught cheating in, in the World Series. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets who were actually relevant and competing for the NBA championship just a few short years ago. And then James Harden won out of there. And then here you are talking about the Houston Titanic. So Houston, you do have a problem, but is it just local or is it something that's statewide? But we're talking about Houston right now and they do have a problem. We want to hit on a couple other topics real quick because our time is running out. The NBA suffered its first casualty. Lloyd Pierce was fired by the Atlantic Haw Atlanta Hawks. And in my opinion, not just, nor is it fair. But we do know in the business, big business of NBA, Major League Baseball or football, it's not always going to be fair. But is it just? To me, he, was, he hadn't even completed two complete seasons there and then last year we were in the bubble or we had COVID that hit us so the sport itself changed was affected and then we're still living under COVID we're still now it's a condensed season and everything is ramped up and what happened leadership at Atlanta what, what what's going on why would you why would he be the fall guy word is on the street it's reported that he didn't get along with the young players well then that's a leadership problem within the locker room who are these young players who haven't had enough time to make, but maybe one all-star Trey Young and, and, and others? You got Rondo down there, who's a solid backup. He won a championship with the Lakers last year. So what 
happen? Why is he the fall guy? To me, it's not justifiable. A year and a half later, he's he's hired and fired. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Other NBA news, James Harden is getting ready to play against the Rockets. So Nets against the Rockets tonight. I don't know when you're going to be viewing this show, but that should be that the the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets are must see TV. And we're leaking oil over there in Boston. We're leaking oil. What are you guys going to do? And Lakers, uh, the last nine games, I think they lost five of the last nine games. And so they're, they're without AD. Schroeder was gone for about uh, four of those games. He played last night. They played last night. They'll play again tonight. LeBron James is not playing tonight. They're limping into this all-star break. So it's, it's a lot going on in a condensed season, and we're halfway there. Vic, are you pleased with this NBA season? And let's wrap it up with a couple more thoughts, sir. I'm pleased, I guess. Uh, just to hit you on, on one thing with the coach, I think it's unfair, again, with the firing. One, I think all the coaches are getting an alibi. The owners can't put fans in the stands, so it can't be a money thing right now. And so, and you're right, if you have a young lineup, a young team, he has to build his culture. So not giving him the opportunity. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs, so perhaps there's more to it. But, again, I think that's a rush of judgment. It's always interesting how it seems, hey, call it what it may, black coaches don't get a lot of, a lot of, a lot of leeway. That rope becomes quick. So um, it, it'd be more than, I'd be more than interested to watch how that unfolds. But I like what you talked about, the oil leaking. Um, as a Laker fan, I'm supposed to, by nature, not like the Celtics, but I respect the Celtics. <laughs> and I had a very interesting discussion last night with our producer, and and hearing it from a Celtics fan standpoint was very illuminating. Where is Brad Stevens the right guy? In the eight years he's been mm. there, they've gone to the conference finals three times, but they can't get over the hump. So are they leaking oil? Or are they not responding? Now, we're talking about coaches getting fired. I'm not asking for someone's job now. I'm not in nobody's pockets. However, we have a coach that didn't make it two years. We have a coach now who is with one of the prominent franchises in the league that he's been at eight years, and they're used to winning championships. They're not used to this getting to the show. And now they have not crossed over that, that, that line to get to the championship game. So how much time does he get to prove himself? So are they leaking mm. oil? A great team. He's gone through a series of big threes. Started with the Gordon Hayward, Isaiah Thomas. Then he had the Kyrie Irving with the Gordon Haywards. Then now they went to the uh, the Tatums, to the Browns, and with the Kimba Walkers. I mean, he's had some squads. Danny Age has done his part to make sure they are manned up. And now to see teams within the East pass them up, I think there's something there. So I like what you said. Are they leaking oil? Because they hear that from a Celtics fan perspective. That was, again, I, I respect the Celtics fan. I respect the Celtics team. Don't like them, but I respect them, just like I am between the Ravens and the Steelers. So it was quite, that, that was awesome to watch. And it'd be very interesting to watch as the season goes forward. Will the Celtics continue to improve? Because right now I'm very interested in watching. I talked about a couple weeks ago, 76ers. <laughs> And the Nets, that is the collision course possibly mm. for the Eastern Conference Finals. And so I'd be interested in that. And then on the West side, obviously the Clippers, who's the alpha male? Who is it? Because 
is it Kawhi? Is it PG? They're both just getting along, going along to get along. I don't see that killer instinct as a who's the man on the team. And again, both of them could have had a chance to join the powerhouse with the Lakers. But watching them, I, there's some oil there. Tyron Lou, he has the pedigree, obviously, for being from Cleveland and bringing that championship there. But this that'll be a very interesting storyline moving forward. And to the other point, it is All-Star weekend coming up very soon. The Lakers need to break. Again, we have been taxed. <laughs> we have been limping. We did not get the rest that a lot of the other teams got. So I would like for them to get this, to really uh, get the rest. Uh, they already said LeBron's not playing in an All-Star game, which is great. Uh, but I am concerned about Anthony Davis. We need them both healthy. Uh, I have no problem we go in as a number five seed just so we can stay healthy and not having to put so many minutes on and risk further injury. That's what concerns me about us in this repeat. I hadn't heard he wasn't playing in the All-Star game. I know he wasn't in favor of the All-Star game. I think that's still to be reported. Speaking of the All-Star game, kudos to the NBA because you're going to be donating $3 million to the uh, uh Historically, historically black colleges. So that three million will go a long way. And thank you. And thank you for acknowledging and recognizing our HBCUs. So we're going to wrap it up. And my closing take is COVID, COVID, COVID. I have family members that have COVID. I have had family members with COVID. And I'm sure because it's still here, we're going to continue to have problems with COVID. I'm asking everybody to please sanit hand sanitize. Keep your distance, wear masks. Those of you in Texas, even though the governor wants to ease restrictions, ignore uh, science, you have to protect yourself and use common sense. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in to us on a weekly basis. If there's something that you want to talk about, if you want us to address, please hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. We're on Ro Roku as well. So thank you for tuning in on a weekly basis. Take care, everyone. Again, mom, dad, love you guys. Aunt Teresa, love you. Aunt Carol, Jania, we miss you. We love you. Tamisa, Pierre, Eli, that was my family in Texas. Love you guys. Be safe. Continue to support. Uh, continue to support us. Uh, but uh, we miss you. We love you. And to stay safe out there. We're clear. That was good, bruh. You was on one today. <laughs> you was on one today. <laughs> Man, focus. <laughs>